After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. A tradition unlike any other. Starting late. I don't know what you're talking about. Right on time. What's up, everybody? If you are catching us live on YouTube, it's great to have you. Uh, hit that like button. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you're listening to our podcast, we appreciate you and your loyalty. Or if you're brand new, welcome to the show. I'm Guy. That's John. Uh, you can check out our YouTube channel. If you're on YouTube, you can check out our podcast. Both are in the description of each. You know what I'm saying? So um, easy to find. Easy to we find. Know what you're, we know what you're cooking with. Uh, share it with your friends. Share it with your enemies. Share it with your people. Uh, just talk about it. Grassroots it. You know, if you're over a cocktail, be like, hey, you heard about these guys? <laughs> you know, Some just, guy at a bar is like, hey, man, screw you. You're like, what? Yeah, but you've heard about this podcast? You know, just just be aggressive. Stay aggressive. Stay locked in. And uh, yeah, share it with your friends. Uh, I am um, going to battle through, John. I just made myself the worst cup of coffee I've ever had in my life. Folgers Instant. Don't recommend. When you went Folgers Instant, did you just go hot water in the microwave and then like basically yeah. the bag in there? With some creamer. You go creamer as you microwave it or post the microwave? Post. I, you know, I don't really make instant, but you said you were going to make a quick coffee. I was like, that sounds good. I'm going to make a quick coffee. And there's instant in the back of the cabinet. Because you guys are pot family. 
We're a pot not, family. Not the weed pot, but uh, the pot. Coffee of, pot. Coffee pot, yeah. Yeah. So, but, you know, the Nespresso, nice little, maybe they can become a sponsor. I mean, high-end sponsor, like for our, you see you wearing the F1 hat. We, what, what time are you waking up for the race on Sunday? Uh, I'm not, but I oh. will be waking up if this man is playing. I'll tell you that much. Hell yes. The Tiger Woods hat. I got to grab my Eastlake Tiger hat. Full disclosure, I... Uh, I find Formula One season four, whatever that you know, the based on 2021, is really good. I, I think it's by far the best one of the group. Uh, I tried, keyword tried. I have to to watch a race probably two weeks ago. Can I, don't some of them start? If you like, at like six a.m. The ones I've tried to watch start at 6 a.m., yeah. This one a couple weeks ago started, at, I think, at like 8 or 8.30. Oh. Maybe it was you know closer to the West Coast. Uh, you know, maybe in England. I don't even know where the hell it was. I just... You know my main issue with the sport guy? Because the Netflix special does a great job. If golf, even golf, Tiger Woods, who has, I think, 84 career victories, 15 majors, he was no lock to win every tournament. Like, there was still a ton of drama with him playing. He lost, I don't know, 80% of the tournaments he went. The same three guys basically podium in every race. Like, I, I don't know much about Lewis Hamilton besides that he just dominates, but he doesn't really have like as much in common with like Tiger or Brady. He wins every, I mean, him and Max, the, the last five years, they win every fucking race, guy. Well, win every race, they get a head start. <laughs> True, basically. but it's like, but even it feels like a NASCAR, if you get quote unquote the pole, it doesn't right. guarantee you win. These guys, no, there's no catching them. Well, Lewis Hamilton's in uh, position 10, or was in position 10 and finished fifth at the last race. Max Verstappen was in position one and won at the last race. Now, Lewis. Uh, second place starter, second place finisher. Third place starter, third place finisher. Fourth place starter, fourth place finisher, and then Lewis. That was the last F1 race. One of the episodes that I was watching in the middle of season four, again, it's based on last year, was like Max for not Max, but uh, Danny Ricardo, the kind of mm. goofy guy with a beard. Yeah. He, uh, he hadn't won forever. He was with this new team. He finally wins. Well, part of it is it was the race when Max and Lewis got into a car accident and they both got knocked out. So it's like, you won. That'd be like, you know, we beat the Bucks as Tom Brady broke his ankle in the first quarter. You know, it's right, like, did right. you really win or did you, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, the Cavs still celebrate their championship when LeBron got, I mean, uh, Draymond got ejected. True, but, but but ultimately my point is, like, even with the basketball, it, it, Lewis won seven championships in a row. Like, it should not be that. Like, Tiger didn't win seven majors in a row. I mean, I think I'll, not saying it's easy because what they do is really hard, but it does feel the outcome is a little easy when you get really good. My my other my issue with it, and I've given it a shot, and I love the F one show, and I I think everything about it is really cool. Like I get why people like it, but when I've watched, there's as you said, a there's not a lot of passing going on at the front, not a lot of threat to the winner, and then B, I, I'll be honest, I don't quite always, I really struggle to understand what's happening, even though I've uh, watched the show quite a bit. F one in Vegas is going to be sick. Did you see the uh, thing that, that you got tweeted out a couple of days ago with the Vegas route, like around yeah, the, through the streets? It does look pretty cool, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> and the thing, it always looks like a good time. How they're going to pull that one off seems a little crazy. I'd, I'd be interested to, you know, obviously you got to shut down the streets, but 
once you're inside the ropes, are you inside? Yeah. Like, what if you're inside the, you know, the strip? Can you just not go out? Escape? Like, how, do you, how do you get out? Maybe you can't get in there. The question is, is Derek Carr going to be waving the checkered flag? Who's going to do? Who's going to be the starter? Well, did you see the two of them? They went throwing yesterday, the two of them, and then they clearly went golfing. And I saw some Packer fans were like, just going to get some time to get used to. You yeah, know? I saw that too. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I mean, it's just, it sucks. <laughs> you know, I, I, I think it would be very, very difficult. You know, I mean, DeForest Buckner was an awesome player. But he, you know, the team was only good really the one year with him. So he was like one of the best players on a really shitty team. They finally get good. And it was clear, like, God, this guy, this is a high-level guy. You want to keep him around. Imagine if the Niners had been sweet for like four years when he was one. So when you're really good, you really get to know your best players. And then you're like, God, I love this guy. Yeah. And then you just, I'm out. You're like, what? You're like, wait, is he 36? No, he's 29. <laughs> Has he ever been in trouble? No, perfect guy. <laughs> basically everything you want like ultimately the whole point of being I say it all the time like being a general manager is to ultimately draft Aaron Judge Devontae Adams right Clay Thompson and literally keep the guy till he cannot play anymore like that's the goal of the position to get the best players and then keep them for as long as they can be sweet for you right yeah <laughs> yep I know. That's where I, I actually, like Frank Gore, we can talk about Frank later, but, you know, Frank, the Hall of Fame, you and I have had the conversation over the years many times about Frank Hall of Fame. And I think one of the things with Frank, because Frank is, you know, 16 years in the league, played for multiple teams, never a first-team All-Pro, never once. So Frank is going to get measured against, you know, Adrian Peter Peterson, a guy like that, who was obviously the best running back in the league for several several years, like carried a team to the playoffs. Frank's value, part of his value would really be increased if he'd been on the same team the whole time. Because imagine always having one running back you don't have to replace for 16 years. I mean, he was on the Niners for a long time. I, his time on the Niners was probably three times the average length of a running back's career alone. There is a value in me never having to replace you, even if you're not the best of the best. Being reliable at that position where I have to get a new guy. If, hell, Kyle's got new running backs every year, let alone every three years. Right, two and a half. On, I mean, he was he was on the Niners his basically his entire prime, right? Oh five to fourteen. I mean, that's to have a running back on your team for nine years, or was it ten seasons? Whatever. It I was, think ten seasons. Yeah, is is pretty valuable, right? There is a value there that is augments the fact that you're not like a first team All Pro type running back. Underrated, I guess we'll talk about it later. We can do it. We're talking about it right now. Yeah, Just talking about incredible it. little NFC East jump around. Because he went the Niners and then the Colts. He actually was. I remember watching with the Colts. Like you know, he's probably not 2010 version, but he's still pretty solid. He then went Dolphins, Bills, Jets, back to back to back. I wonder if the hoodie was like, you know, should we just give him a call, <laughs> or was that his goal to try to play for every team in the NFC East? Play Major for Bill. Refused to call him. Doesn't really catch the ball a lot, you know, which probably would have been a problem for Bill. But I actually always thought if Kaepernick was a little more accurate on the little wheel routes, he it always felt like he had good hands. He just, you know, he was a little ahead of his time. I mean, guy, in now granted, the Niners' offense was putrid, so they were throwing it to the running back a shitload. 61 catches his second year. Career high. His second year, 61 catches. Wow. I mean, did he get close to that ever again? 
53, 43, 52, 46. Wow. Pre Harbaugh, he was getting the rock a ton in the passing game. And then Harbaugh, he goes Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl. Harbaugh, then they just started hammering him. Does there, I tweeted this the other night because I was just thinking about him after I saw like Alex and a bunch of guys that he played with just had some pretty like, you could tell it was almost like a post about like a family member. Like it meant a lot to Alex and Joe Staley. Yeah. You know, that, that player, both of them had really good Instagram posts. I saw Joe's. I did not see Alex's. Is that, I have to look for that. I don't know if Harbaugh truly loved any player more. He might've liked certain guys equally like a Joe Staley, a Bowman, but Frank Gore was at the top of that list. One of his love of the player and two of just his love of like how he wanted to play and what that guy meant to his football team. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he represented, you know, Alex came to represent it. Alex was the number one overall pick. Um, Frank was a third rounder, right? Frank had overcome a lot. Wasn't he missing both his ACLs? Or yeah, both? like yeah, yeah. Some, I mean, Frank. I would say Frank represented the blue collar mechanic shirt probably as well as anybody. Yeah, right. I mean, offensive linemen just naturally represent that, and everyone else kind of took on the persona. But Frank, yeah, I think you're right. I think. I mean, so he felt I, like. A, I mean, he was, but like when you watched him, you went, "This is a tough guy," right? Because the one thing I and a listen, smart guy and a good player. Yeah, but just in terms of like when you think Harbaugh, you think toughness, and like he represented just like slamming between the tackles, like I'll get it done, just hammer me, hammer me, hammer me, hammer me with the five guys up front who were really good. Is that Adrian Peterson was the best running back, like legitimate. I mean, he's one of the all-time great true running backs. Hated the pass block, like wouldn't do it, which is kind of weird because when you think about Adrian Peterson, you think of a fucking mammoth human being, right? It's like he's big as most linebackers. He wouldn't do it. Saquon, who now is kind of a shell of himself, but those first year and a half, freak talent, hated pass block, will not pass block. When I think Frank Gore, it's like, I dare you to blitz because this guy is going to hit you in the chops. So he he caught the ball. He ran inside. I wouldn't call him like a great outside runner because he wasn't like ultra fast, but he definitely could run outside. And to, there was like literally nothing he couldn't do. His only knock is his high-end speed, which is the one thing as a running back you don't necessarily need. Right. To me, his most famous run with the Niners feels like the fu- the time they finally beat Seattle and he hit the ground. Yeah, I know. Oh, sweet. Because he – now, would he have hit the ground if he could have run away from the defense? No, he would have scored, but he realized <laughs> – you have to – this is how smart of a player he was. He realized he wasn't going to score at like the 50. Yeah. You know, and he kind of – he was just going to go as far as he could to the sideline. He got to like the 15. <laughs> so – Rewatching that run, he yeah. makes a good little cut. He sees Earl Thomas, and you know he doesn't try to run. He just cuts in, and he like goes around him, and Earl has to stop and then chase him. I mean, him and Richard were <laughs> bearing down on him, but that was an enormous win for Jim Harbaugh and the 49ers to beat that Seattle team, who I think they ended up losing to in the championship game. But on on the stream, uh, he was Jim Harbaugh's favorite player, yet he didn't give him the ball from the seven yard line. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah, was cuts uh, deep. He'd like a do-over. Um, I think I think Frank's a major exception to the rule. And, you know, you and I talk about all the time. I'm on the same page with you. The Hall of Fame should be for the greatest of the greats. And when you're a five-time Pro Bowler in 16 years and never a first-team All-Pro, that doesn't scream greatest of the greats. 
but I think at his position specifically, longevity is you take for granted. Most guys, longevity is not really part of the equation. And to be third, to, to be third all time in the NFL in rushing yards. Now, some guys did it in less time, right? Barry Sanders did it in nine, 10 years. It took Frank 15, 16 years. Walter Payton did it in 12, 13 years. Emmett did it in 13, 14 years, but really did it before years 13 and 14, right? Emmett didn't take till his last year to become the NFL's all-time leading rusher. So I think the only two guys I read today in the top 15, not in the Hall of Fame, are Frank and Adrian Peterson. I would, I, I, to me, I make an exception to my kind of personal philosophy of like when you saw it, you knew that was one of the greatest players in the league at that moment in time. Because to be third all-time in rushing yards in a league that chews up and spits out that position, I think is pretty incredible. I factor in, and listen, I've had trouble, and maybe this is I'm being uh, now hypocritical because of guys like Andre Reid and Tim Brown and just some guys that I thought like the Hall of Really Good, and there's nothing wrong with being in the Hall of Really Good. But definitely Andre Reid, right, played in a lot of big games on those Buffalo teams because I do factor that in. Like if you're an elite player in big games, like that has to matter to me in the Hall of Fame. There is something out of your control as an NFL player, right, if you just – Joe Thomas. If Joe Thomas had been on the Patriots the whole time, he would have been viewed way better than he even is, and he's going to go to the Hall of Fame. Like he didn't control being a member of the Browns. That sucked. Frank was lucky, right? He spent that decade with the Niners. Half of it, they were a joke. And he, he made a couple, at first. and he made a couple Pro Bowls. But when Jim got there, three straight Pro Bowls, and it was clear he was one of their best players. So I, I actually think his Hall of Fame argument, when I look at like those three Pro Bowls on those three elite teams that won whatever, 46 regular season games that we still talk about with Jim and all the playoff games, give him a better argument than just the pure stats, which alone would make him in the conversation. Because if I'm Mayoko pounding the table, I go... The 49ers for a three-year stretch, really three and a half years, even Jim's fourth year, were one of the best teams in the league. You could argue top one or two in the league. Uh, and he was a top two or three player on their team, right? And you go, yeah, well, he was never first team all pro. You go, well, Adrian Peterson, Marshawn Lynch, those guys are lock Hall of Famers. Like he did play in an era where two of the better players, right? Because Adrian... Is he first ballot? You know, he'll be uh, intriguing because some of the off the field stuff. But as a player, I don't think anyone would argue, right? Right. And to first me, Marshawn, I mean, is Marshawn a first ballot Hall of Famer? Because he sure feels like one to me. I'd have to, I mean, is the class number limited in the NFL? I can never remember which is which. It yet. feels like they've started adding a little bigger the last couple of years, you know, like yeah. five, six. Maybe not first ballot, but is Marsh- Marshawn Lynch going famer. to the Hall of Fame? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I, I, I'd have to look. I, my first, my, First reaction is that he's not a first ballot Hall of Famer, but it's somewhat class dependent. So it wouldn't surprise me. You know, and I think you also have to factor in how hard it was early in Frank's career. He was playing on some teams that throwing the football, like you said, was just a major challenge, let alone protecting the quarterback and run blocking. I bet there's a decent chance if you go to the 2006. 49er stats wouldn't shock me if he led the team in. Pass catches. Would it shock you? 61? Ty, well, let's see how many Ty Streets have. Good question. Uh, 49ers statistics. So the leading pass catcher that year was receptions. It's Frank Gore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a tra- that's outrageous to do that to a player. 
He had two more than Arnez Battle, John. Antonio Bryant had 40. Wow. Vernon had 20. Wasn't quite Vernon Davis yet. No, not yet. Alex Smith, 16 touchdowns, 16 picks. That was his exactly rookie year. Oh, no, 06, you said. 06. Would have been a second year, probably, yeah, right? Second year. They, uh, they weren't good. They're, yeah, they were bad. Somehow they went seven and nine. Must have had a decent defense. Well, that was Norv's year, right? Yeah. That was the one year he, with Norv. It was like, all right, they lo- kind of turned a corner. And then the Chargers hired him to be their head coach. Yeah, they weren't. They were thirty-two out of thirty-two in the league for uh, points against. I think Alex. Games. I think Alex Smith had back-to-back years where he had McCarthy and then Norv, and they both became head coaches. And then it got. Uh, yeah, McCarthy was his rookie year. McCarthy got the. It's kind of crazy. Alex's career, like he did, start with Mike McCarthy and Norv Turner was two I know. coordinators. <laughs> you know, I think he had a Mike March year in there, didn't he? Uh, March, there was a March year, but I don't think it was, was that good of a year? That was year no, four I don't think, I don't Mike think it was March. good at all, but yeah. I'm saying Mike Martz, Bulldog. I feel like Mike Martz might have been a David Carr, Mike Singletary kind of group. Minuski, JT O'Sullivan, Alex missed that year, Sean Hill, and then it was Jimmy Ray's time. Nothing. You're saying, you're saying Alex missed the Mike March year? Yeah. Nothing like McCarthy leaving the Niners to go join Rodgers, who had just passed over in the draft as an all-time awkward first meeting. <laughs> you know, hey, Nolan's the boss. Wasn't my call. It's like, I know you had him ranked above me. <laughs> Is there a chance that their relationship, that was always just a little bit in the back of his head? There's definitely that chance, yeah. There's definitely that chance. Uh, all right, as we record this Tuesday, as we're live on Tuesday, depending uh, how you're uh, consuming, Tiger Woods... Has he finished his nine holes today in front of... Look at this photo. For those of you watching the stream. Pouring, I think it's pouring rain right now. I saw look, it right before we helped on. Look at this photo. It looks like this is Sunday at the Masters, not Monday at the Masters. The crowd on the side. This is the photo pointing out the foot joy shoes that he's wearing, which is an all-time caught with your pants down moment. Did Nike not think Tiger was going to make it back? Like Tiger returning, if he had returned it, the Valero, it would have been the biggest story in sports this week. He returned at the Masters, and the Nike shoe guys were just in Spain on vacation this week or something. What is going on? Well, what doesn't make any sense to me is he's worn, I mean, he's been, would you say Nike's biggest client the last 20 years? Him or LeBron, probably? Yeah, I mean, Michael probably still, right? Re- the Jordan brand. Not counting, but, not counting Michael, just the last, yeah. like, 2000, 2010s. Yeah. I'd say the difference too, between him and LeBron is, like, Tiger revolutionized business casual, don't you think? Like every single person, the, the collared shirt, the dry fit, then dry literally fit. every brand copied that. And he's created like Travis Matthews and Linksall and all these brands basically exist because of what the Nike polo turned into in the when we were in high school, right? And then what it ultimately transitioned to. Like I to me, without this TW, which like you always say, every single player now tries to do this, and it all they all kind of look somewhat similar. Even though now, if you just you came out with this, it would somewhat look like everyone's else. This wasn't original, like this, and it's still kind of held up, and everyone knows what it means. He's been wearing it. I do wonder, as someone that just bought a couple pair of Foot Joy shoes, they are really comfortable, and 
I just don't understand how Nike wouldn't have been working with him to build the shoe. Cause I think it's easy for him. Like this is all about my foot. It's all about my foot. It's all about my foot. And what are they going to do? Tell him no. But how is someone not in charge? Like when I was scouting Dion Jordan's girlfriend, you know, Dion Jordan was a star guy at Oregon. His girlfriend was a star track athlete whose dad was basically Michael Jordan's manager through the eighties and nineties, who was like, kind of in charge of the brands and Michael's ideas for shoes and worked with Phil Knight and was kind of the intermediary, right? Doesn't Tiger have one of those guys? I'm sure they're like, Hey man, this is actually going pretty well. And I don't have a pair of shoes that feel good on this new reconstructed leg. Well, Hey Tiger, we're going to fly 30 guys here. We'll mold it to your feet. Well, how about we just copy foot joy shoe? How about that? I, I, it, it's really kind Bro, of on it. Like the story is always that Tiger's first Titleist clubs were not made by Titleist, right? That they were uh, not Mizuno. Um, what's the really like sort of like really hard to hit kind of blade unique? I think they. I think brand. it might have been Mizuno was something that a lot of people played in the 90s. It could be Wilson. No, it wasn't Wilson. Ben Hogan. No, uh, it's a super like exclusive. It almost looks like it. it the logo almost looks like a TW, but like old English kind of looking. M- M- Miuri maybe or something like that. I'm googling right now. Yeah, M- uh, M- Mira. It looks like the Yankees logo. Is is the clubs he played even the when he was early on a Titleist guy, but he just played those before Nike could build them clubs. Well, yeah. I mean, I watched a. I remember a few years ago on a United Airlines pl- flight, there was like a a golf show, so I watched it. And one of the things was this guy making clubs, and they'll never admit. I th- I'm pretty sure it's this company. They'll never admit that they were the ones that made Tiger's original like Titleist clubs that with a Titleist stamp on them, but that's the rumor. Yeah, I don't know. Like you, can't. I just think these people and Nike is a good example. They were not in the golf business until they got into the Tiger business, and they literally created clubs, which now they don't even make anymore, and golf balls, and they did everything humanly possible to build them around him. And their Nike clubs were never Callaway or TaylorMade on that level, or even Mizuno. But somehow they got it toward him, and clearly the clothes, I mean, they, they know how to do that. And the golf shoes, to me, their golf shoes have ne- I mean, Foot Joy is in the golf shoe business, like, like literally what they do, and they're fucking the best at it. I mean, is there a chance that he's just like, yeah, I just, I'm comfortable in these, I don't even want to mess with it? I w- they've paid I wonder, him a lot of money, guy, for him to just wear those. I, I, you know, I can only imagine, it happens with clubs all the time, I, I would imagine, Got, you know, or just gear in general for endorsers where your gear is a little different than the gear they're selling, but it's got to look like... Tiger's always been allowed to use his own putter. Right. Yeah. yeah. But, I, but what I'm saying is like the the driver that Dustin Johnson is using might look like the one you and I can buy at Golf Mart, but probably sneakily a little bit different, right? But it But it's still tailor-made. It's still tailor-made. Yeah, that's true. Like, what if they found out that Footjoy made him these shoes, special for his bad ankle. Joy did make him these shoes. <laughs> oh, you're saying he didn't buy them off the rack at Dick's Sporting Goods? I mean, you think he specifically got like? You're saying Footjoy snuck over to his house and made him some special shoes? I, you know, I, I mean, like you're saying, I wouldn't put it past him now that I'm thinking about it, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, who's his best family friend now is Justin Thomas. Well, Justin Thomas is a big Footjoy guy. You don't think Justin Thomas has the CEO of Footjoy on speakerphone? Well, right. They're Just sitting happen to be at the house. Try, what size are you, JT? Oh, I'm a 13. Oh, well, I'm a I'm a 12. Oh, I just happen to have some 12s right here. <laughs> yeah, Saturday night, you know, you just 
February. You guys are having a drink. Charlie's running around. You got the Warrior Laker game on in the background. You're bullshitting. You're like, God, I just can't find these Nike shoes. Don't feel bullshit. Well, let's call uh, let's call Bill Williamson, the CEO of FootJoy. Hey, here's Tiger Woods. <laughs> yeah, man. It's pretty uh, of all moments to have your supply chain or your designers or your engineers or what all of them together let you down. It's a pretty big one. It's a pretty big one. It'd be like opening a new football stadium and not having your, your main sponsor sign made in time. Well, how big do you think his comeback just in the sports world is to do the, this tournament? Well, it couldn't be bigger in golf, right? It's the biggest place he could come back. I, I was thinking about it like his win in 19 – is probably, when you factor in all the variables, his biggest win. You know, when he was younger, the expectations weren't quite there. Now, he won multiple majors by like 20 shots. Like, it's historically never going to be matched. But I would say even when he won Pebble Beach by whatever, 15 shots and kicked everyone's ass at the Masters when he was like 21, feels like 19's bigger just because we've known him, like his story. He's just bigger, right? This comeback... It feels like this Thursday and Friday will be bigger than the Thursday and Friday in 19. Now, if he yeah. doesn't win it, it won't be as big. But the anticipation as we're recording this Tuesday, Wednesday, until he tees off Thursday, and then again on Friday, I mean, I'm not trying to be hyperbolic, but the biggest four-day golf stretch ever, just in terms of anticipation for one guy to play a tournament. Honestly, we thought he was never going to play again. Yeah, I, it's, uh, I think what's... One thing that's kind of crazy about it, how big he's become, is you can't really even find anybody on TV who's doubting him. Like, everyone's saying, like, yes, Tiger can win because Tiger's saying he can win. Um, And it would feel like the, the only thing that it's missing is it hasn't had that much time to build up. Like, if Tiger announced a month ago, I'll be back at the Masters, I feel like it'd be bigger right now than it is. Well, don't you think it's gotten so big so fast because it kind of came out of nowhere? It was like last week, like Thursday, it's like, you know, some rumors. He's looking pretty good. And then people are like, no, this. And then when he showed up on Sunday, it's like, no, he's playing a practice round. And by yesterday, it was like, why? He's hitting bunker shots, like dressed like a golfer. He's just, he's not going to play. It was kind of crowd clear. everywhere. <laughs> With the crowd everywhere. <laughs> Right, like but I it, feel like if he wasn't going to play, he wouldn't be playing practice rounds and with the crowd, like with the crowd all around him. Because then your juices start going a little bit. How could he not try to play after that? I mean, this is a guy who won a U.S. Open on a leg that had two two fractures and an ACL tear, and he's not going to manage the pain to try and play through this. One thing they said yesterday is a couple of the media guys that walked with him said you could, and this is the one thing that makes me nervous about him just getting through the whole thing, you could. he started walking with a little bit of a limp by hole eight and nine. He played yeah. nine Is holes. it pain or is it swelling or both? Uh, yeah, I mean. Because he, made, he made the point that the swelling is the issue for him, right? The post-round swelling. I wonder if it's a little NFL-y that Thursday is going to be so bananas, adrenaline, he just be normal. But then maybe by Friday, even if he's playing okay, how could the leg not bother him? Guy, when he played with Charlie in that father-son, he was grimacing after yeah. some shots. Yeah. It's not that long, far ago, you know? Are we sure that he's just 100%? I wonder if deep down he's like, what if I'm in so much pain by Saturday? 
I, I don't want to ever pull out of this thing, but like, I don't know if he'd just be a 100%. He's so tough that he would try, but like, well, how long walk. did he, how long did he play on the torn ACL in, in 08? Uh, the whole tournament. But, but he wasn't, it got, the pain got significantly worse, right? By the end. And maybe uh, those were the fractures. I think I watched two the fractures. documentary. He was in pain pretty early. And that's when Stevie Williams looked at him and said, I think we should, we should withdraw. Like you got, you're, you're, uh, you're putting at risk your career here. Yeah. And, and that's when he looked at him. I think it might've been after nine holes or 12 holes, like, fuck you. I'm winning this thing. And Stevie's like, I just shut up. And he just went back and kept So to on. me that, and that was a lot of pain ago for tiger younger. True. And I, I don't know if adrenaline's good. Like I'm not, I'm no doctor. Adrenaline might, might get too much like it's the blood flowing is that too much blood flowing through your leg like this is that create swelling not a doctor but um i like your theory that friday might be that thursday that friday is going to be the really difficult day well you you can get him the bet that i like i, I threw 20 dollars on him just because if he does win it like i just i'm gonna have a piece of it you'd be kicking yourself if you didn't what about this though i don't know how he's gonna play friday saturday sunday but thursday that place is gonna be it won't quite be like waste management, but it's going to be bananas for Augusta. I mean, banana. You're going to be able to cut the, the just the anticipation in the air. I think that's going to wipe out. There are only 90 guys play this tournament. Typical PGA tournament's like 150, but because the Masters, it's not a very big tournament. Yeah. It's going to wipe half the guys out. They're just going to be intimidated. It's going to be fucking crazy. Well, I'll tell you this. I, we've talked about it. I remember when he came back, well, not when he came back. Well, I mean, part of the combat. When he won at Eastlake, at the FedEx Cup. There was only, what, 25 or 30 guys in that field? Yeah. And you could hear anywhere on the course what Tiger was doing. So how it do you like crazy. this bet? First round leader. Again, wipes out half the field. He, let's just say he's knocking down some putts. 45 to 1 Tiger Woods. For, just first round leader. Just first round leader. I like it a lot. Because endurance is his issue right now, right? Yeah, endurance is the he's issue. Now, part of being yet. the first-round leader, he'd have to just be on with his putter that day and shoot four or five under. But there are going to be a lot of guys that just shit the bed, right? That are just like, this is people screaming, people going nuts. Just something to keep it. You want a little action on Thursday. First-round leader, Tiger Woods. Now, don't hate that at all. Historically, slow starter. But I think this is a new Tiger. Don't hate that at all, John. Do not hate that at all. Uh, by the way, before we uh, go any further, let's tell the people about our friends at Indeed. Indeed.com slash ham. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. If you don't have the players on the field with the right skills, I mean, think about the basketball game on Monday night, the national championship game. Whether it's breakaway speed, elite playmaking ability, you're going to have a tough time winning. The same goes for your business. Indeed is fast, it's simple, and it's a way to make sure that you're hiring MV. Peace. Yep. Indeed got four times more hires than all their job sites combined. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Indeed makes it easy to hire great talent. According to Comscore guy, Indeed's the number one job site worldwide. Starting right now, $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your post at Indeed.com slash ham. Offer valid through April 30th. Go to Indeed.com slash ham indeed.com slash ham for your $75 job credit before April 30th indeed.com slash ham terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed candidates that you invite to apply through instant match are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in a search 
You're going to get the best because the 135 assessment test from cooking to coding, you're going to help. It's going to help you see your talents, abilities faster. So like John said, indeed.com slash ham terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed. I'm going to give you the same advice. I gave my buddy who just called me recently because he was getting a vasectomy. He just came from the doctor. They said, they told me I got to shave. I said, gotta get to more like it. And I sent him the lawnmower 5.0 from Manscaped. It's going to be the MVP for him and for you this March. Go to manscaped.com and use the code HAM to get 20% off and free shipping. Get the Performance Package 5.0 Ultra, and you'll be the Cinderella story of March. The Lawnmower 5.0 is strong until the last stroke with a battery that lasts the entire tournament, a waterproof design, and interchangeable skin safe blade heads that guarantee smooth ball handling every time to top it off the performance package throws in two free gifts boxers 2.0 and the new toiletry bag so get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code ham and manscaped.com that's 20 percent off and free shipping manscaped.com code ham when things get hairy make sure to call on manscaped in clutch time butcherbox.com slash ham helps you make good decisions last night i was thinking about ordering out and then I reached into the freezer, grabbed some ground beef, and all of a sudden it was homemade taco night. With ButcherBox, you don't have to worry about what's for dinner. ButcherBox is offering all of you your choice of weeknight meal essentials. You get peace of mind with ButcherBox because it's high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. You get the ultimate convenience because it's delivered right to your door with free shipping, as always, and you get the ultimate customization. Your customization might be, I don't know what to do. Send me the good stuff. And they send you the good stuff, curated. Right now, go to butcherbox.com ham and use the code ham. And you'll get either three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a year. Plus $20 off your first order. Sign up at butcherbox.com ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Get on the Prize Picks app, just like me, and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Football season's over, but hoop season is getting hot. Tournament season or the fight for playoff home court, there's no shortage of high-stakes basketball moments this time of year. So get in on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And you can get it on baseball, too. I've got some season-long more or less picks on multiple stat projections on home runs. Uh, not off, not feeling great about Shohei less than 38 and a half right now, but I put that one in the app just because I wanted something to root against with the Dodgers. Prize Picks offers injury insurance so that your entries stay live even if one of your players get injured. So hoops, somebody leaves in the first half, no problem. Injury insurance. And on Prize Picks, you can win up to 100x your money with as little as four correct picks i love it it's download the app today use code ham 50 for the first deposit match of up to a hundred dollars today's episode is sponsored by nerd wallet smart money podcast nerd wallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much needed clarity in the finance world the nerds will help you get smarter about balancing your portfolio and avoiding scams so your money is just as safe as betting against the cowboys in the playoffs planning your tax bill so you don't dread april every year and saving on travel, vacations coming. You spend less on airfare, it means you're not choosing between surf or turf. It's surf and turf for dinner and maybe even an extra night stay. So listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Condities. 
Kandidis. The Kandidi. How are the Kandidis at Augusta right now? Raining currently. Mm. It's the one thing that makes you. It's supposed to be. I don't think it's supposed to be eighty. You know, it's going to be sixty-five. So you know, Tiger's back. He's got a fused back. He's got rods in his leg. You know, I'll tell you, warm bad conditions favor Tiger. Cold bad conditions do not favor Tiger. I think anything that's out of the norm favors Tiger, with the exception of cold. But at a place that he knows where other people are a little more uncomfortable, I think Tiger, just his experience, he needs. It would help him for something weird where his experience is an advantage. Yeah. He's got his metal spikes, though, so no slippage, he said. Yeah, you don't want slippage. The slippage Especially is a with problem. Him. Especially with him. So, uh, you still thinking about the national championship? I mean, real quick, I you know, for those people who might be listening to this by Wednesday, national titles, a distant memory. I did think when I was watching the uh, – I keep wanting to call him uh, Hubert, Hubie Davis, but it's uh, Hubert, uh, what's his last name? Hubert Davis. Hubert Davis, not Hubie Brown. I won't keep saying Hubie Brown. But I watched his interview post game with Tracy Wolfson, and um, I did think, you know, he just coached the national championship game. They just played the national championship game. That's pretty cool for North Carolina. But the thing that would haunt me if I was the bearded guy on that last play and the play was drawn up for me in the huddle. We'd practice this play and practice over the months and months and months. If we ever need a three, we're going to run you under the hoop. You're going to curl around. We're going to set a screen for you. You're going to come open at the top. You're going to come free with a chance to tie the national championship game. And you trip and fall and end up on your knees in the corner. I don't know, man. That would haunt me. Not his fault, but that that would haunt me, I think. I'd have a hard time. I, I would much rather miss the shot than fall down and never get the ball. How about you? Yeah, I think the fall down is a tough one, man. I, I think the anytime it's one thing to fuck up, right? But any to me, a trip, a fall, something that the ball in any of the three team sports where you're the outfielder and you trip, football, you, a route, you trip, a basketball situation like that, the place calls for you and you hit the ground is a hard one to stomach. You drop the pass, you brent, you know, you, you hit the back of the rim on the shot. Listen, you, you can live with it. You're right. That one's a tough. How many times do you think just in sets and practice over the years? It's not like that guy's a true freshman. He's ran plays. That guy's good. As someone who last minute I'm like, yeah, I need. I'll put a couple hundred dollars on KU. Yeah. And just, I mean, they were getting kicking the on shit KU out or of North him. Carolina. North Carolina. On KU minus four and a half. I bet right before, like right before tip off. I'm like, I just kind of want a little action on this. So I just took Kansas, and then guy, they're down 15 at halftime, and I was just like. Okay, we're gonna lose, and then Kansas comes storming back, and then the play that they run. I thought I've watched Kansas pretty closely the last two games, and they just do not hit their free throws. And I texted you this last night. I thought Bill Self tried to dial up a play to maybe hopefully avoid any free throws and just get his guy kind of in in space and just be able to almost dribble it out. And worst case scenario, you foul me with like a second. The rules in the college basketball, you got to shoot the, you know, it's not like you get to advance the half court. Right. And this guy, in fairness, like everyone's shitting on the player, it's a tight rope he was running. You could argue like that's on, I, you might put that on the coach in college basketball. Is that fair? Yeah. I mean, the, well, I mean, that play's been run a million times by people successfully. I guess the question is like, is there a spot on the floor he's supposed to turn and did he miss a spot? But you got to stay in bounds. It was, was kind of congested right there. You got to stay in bounds. Like the court hasn't changed since you were seven years old. He went you out of bounds twice. In, you got to stay in bounds, John. No, that's not on the coach. 
I had them. If he hits both free throws, I cover. Now, granted, they had missed so many, I didn't even expect him to hit them both. But it wasn't even a controversial. Like he stepped on the black clearly multiple times. I was the first replay. I was so happy that it wasn't you know like splitting hairs. Like did he step out? Did he not? Was his foot hovering over the line? Was it not? It was just on the line. Those last two plays were pretty wild. They were pretty wild. That game fell big. Like the the colors, people often say like the Chargers, the baby blue. There is something about the right color of blue that just mm-hmm. works. Like those mm-hmm. those two colors. I had this thought last night. I'm like, I know some older people that said a big trend has been a lot of people, partly because like who's getting into any good schools in California anymore? It's impossible. They're pushing their kids to go to out-of-state places. You know, Texas, uh, Alabama, Georgia, wherever. I think an underrated place to go to school and just be an alumni and you would just have passion about a lot of different events when it comes to sports would be North Carolina. Like their basketball power, their football program is by no means not some joke. Like they win eight, nine games. Like they play in big games against Miami, Florida State in Miami. They're good at everything else. The campus just feels like... College baseball is good. When you just say University of North Carolina, you ever meet someone that's like, yeah, that place sucks. I know a North Carolina guy. He's always rooting for something. I went and visited the camp. I was on campus many years ago for the women's tournament. We visited Duke, which is very close. And the women's tournament was on campus at North Carolina. Both campuses are just incredible. You've got this legit rivalry where the other team's really good too. So you play two humongous basketball games a year plus the ACC tournament, right? Like, wouldn't you, as two guys that you know went to high school in Northern California, feel I'd rather go to North Carolina than Kansas. Yeah, I've been to Kansas. It's Lawrence is cool, but I mean, it's not. You'd Their football go to team Carolina. sucks, though. They're they're only good Getting at better. one thing. Getting better, John. I saw someone's like uh, the buzz this week, national championship, and then the spring game. <laughs> did you retweet that? No, that was not me. So, someone did. I'm like, oh well, game. I retweeted a photo from one of the Kansas football recruited the head like recruiting the ops their um, you know like general manager or whatever. It was a photo of downtown Lawrence before the game Monday, and the streets were just swarmed with people. And I was like, "This is that was pretty cool." I guess my take, thinking last night, like when you just do the SEC schools, and then you factor in kind of that stretch of the of the ACC schools, right? Duke, North Carolina, down North Carolina State, Clemson, Florida, Miami, or Florida State, Miami, and then all the SEC kind of west. I don't think North Carolina probably gets enough credit for being like a sweet place to just be an alumni of. Yeah. Well, like John on the stream says North Carolina, Michigan. The problem with Michigan, Ann Arbor's sweet, but it just gets cold as hell, right? But but I would say Michigan from the cold version would be I've never met anyone that's a Michigan alum that's not really proud. Like the, there well, so first of all, it's a great school also, right? It's yeah, not easy very, to get into. <laughs> exactly. But it's they're good at everything. You just have a lot of pride in wearing the colors. It's an easy conversation starter. Great colors. I great could logo. handle the cold to go to University of Michigan. I wouldn't do it to go to Michigan State, but I would do it to go to University yeah, of Michigan. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't do it to go to Ohio State, but I would. To me, the two Big Ten schools that I would go to would be Michigan and Wisconsin. Like, again, Wisconsin people always feel like they take a lot of pride. It's like, this fucking place was sweet. Yeah, a little more fuck around probably, but a lot of fun. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Feels like um, Duke would be too hard. Well, Duke is it, very difficult to get into, first of all. But the yeah. cam- I mean, the campus. I remember walking around the campus. It is unbelievable. Probably it is suck. gorgeous. Like all the buildings are just. You feel like you're in like some Harry Potter 
I'm not a Harry Potter guy, but that, I, that's what it looks like. I mean, it's just incredible. The J.K. Rowling? <laughs> yeah. Uh, is Harry Potter? J- yeah. Yeah. Who's the she, guy I, with I the beard? I see her getting what into that it with people. She's, she's got a little Elon Musk to her. What's the big guy with the beard? What is Was he? Was he the HBO Game of Thrones? Stephen King? No, not Stephen King. <laughs> it? Not Stephen King. What? No Purdue Boilermaker? Mm-hmm. Another, I, that's a good school. Academically, it might be a little too difficult. <laughs> Madison is a top tier fuck around city, says uh, yeah. uh, Elliot. Um, all right, John, how about how about this? This is uh, Mark um, Marcellus on the uh, chat. If the Pats cut Nikhil Harry, the Niners will be all over him. Should the 49ers be all over Nikhil Harry? Isn't what Juwan Jennings did a little down the stretch last year, what people thought Nikhil Harry was going to do immediately in the NFL, like break tackles and make some big first downs? I'm glad you mentioned that. Yes. Nikhil Harry has 57 catches in three years. He has total. 57 catches total in 33 games. Juwan Jennings last year had 24 catches. Juwan Jennings last year had twice as many catches as Nikhil Harry had last year. Nikhil Harry has four touchdowns in three years. Juwan Jennings had five last year. Juwan Jennings played 16 games last year. Nikhil Harry has missed 16 games in three years and had one requested trade denied. So I don't really get it um, other than the one thing I would say that. But Nikhil Nikhil is behind Randy Moss and Wes Walker in New England, right? You know, good point. Wait, no, he's not. He was a first round receiver who got every opportunity to separate himself. He's 25 years old. Uh, Rookie option, obviously not picked up. He's like $1.8 million if it were a trade, if you were to trade a sixth or seventh rounder for him. You don't think you're going to pick up the fifth year option? No, I don't think the 12 million got picked up. I, honestly, I would not trade a six rounder for Nikhil Harry. If he got cut, okay, we'd be interested in maybe some depth. The one thing I'd say, right, was Nikhil was, I thought what he would be coming out was a little more of a gadget, like a gadget guy, like some end arounds and that kind of thing. Like, what, you what remember the play all? he had at Arizona State? It was a yes. quick screen, and he cut it back across the field and took it to the house? Well, first of all, he went backwards. Then he cut it back across the screen, I think. I think well, Utah State, maybe. Well, Oh, is that who it was? Might have been. Let's check <laughs> okay. the tape on that. <laughs> so, you know, not exactly, uh, you know, the 85 Bears playing defense. But he definitely, disappointing is very fair to call him. Like, he was a much better, like, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, who I just keep, is the punching bag kind of, <laughs> was not anywhere nearly as good as a collegiate player as Nikhil Harry, would you say? Yeah. Just in terms would... of impact and just difference maker with the ball in his hands. He's been... Extremely disappointed. One, he's, I, you know, just I follow a lot of Patriot people on Twitter. So a lot of times when their games are going, he drops a lot of balls. One thing he did resurrect his career last year a little bit is a run blocker. And they used him a lot. Like he did play a lot. They just re- like used him to like block linebackers, which he can do because he is a big motherfucker, which Kyle does value. But I'm with you. Like you're going to pay one and a half million dollars for a backup. You know, ultimately, like, and this is what happens in the NFL which why it truly is a meritocracy is that Juwan Jennings coming out of college, right? When both of them were coming out of college, if I told every general manager, every offensive coordinator, as you know, when they're in the draft, you can take Nikhil Harry coming out of college, Juwan Jennings coming out of college, every single person's taking Nikhil Harry. 
Yet a couple years later, the 49ers more than likely, like they wouldn't trade Juwan Jennings straight up for Nikhil. Like things change. No, not more than likely. They wouldn't do it. They would not do it. And if you just said like called up 10 general managers, you can have Juwan Jennings or Nikhil Harry. I think every single one of them would take Juwan Jennings. And honestly, you could probably play this game with a lot of receivers around the league that kind of are Juwan Jennings role, right? Like whoever the third wide receiver is on productive teams. And it just shows you like things change fast. And maybe it's as simple as West Coast guy, bad fit in New England, not an easy place to play. You would say Herm's operation. Well, he's an NFL coach, a little more loosey-goosey than New England. It's just sometimes people forget, and I'm not comparing Nikhil Harry to Marshawn Lynch, but I've been watching college football long enough. Nikhil Harry was a legitimate prospect. Now, should he probably have gotten the middle of the second round instead of the, whatever? But he was a legitimate top 50 prospect. And like Marshawn, who went to Buffalo, hated it. Didn't like it, wanted out, was just, it was a weird situation. Went to Seattle, changed his whole life. So sometimes the change of scenery with a younger guy who's just in a shitty spot. Now, I would say it's like, this guy hasn't just played like one year. He's played three years, right? One was with Brady. Remember, Tom didn't like him. And they didn't like, now I'm not saying the person, but just like, was like, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. And last year was pretty telling. Like, they just, he caught how many balls, you say? A 12. <laughs> it's pretty terrible. I mean, Josh McDaniels is a very, is a top five NFL offensive coordinator. And they had, I mean, they had a serviceable short and intermediate passing game, right? Should fit him. <laughs> yeah. He should be a good match for Mac Jones. By the way, Marshawn was a thousand yard rusher each of his first two years in the league. Right. Yeah, that's what the comp isn't perfect at all. Marshawn was a thousand yard rusher. And had 47 catches his second year in the NFL. Yeah. Bad bad job by me. But, but no, but, but your my point, point is you're just making a change. Scenery, just, yeah. just awakens a guy. No, it's right, let's let's even use like Arden Key, right? He got to the Niners, boom, resurrects his career, then he gets a contract. Like it, Arden Key was headed out of the league. And now it feels like when you say Arden Key's got it minimum four more years, just bouncing around, worst case. Yeah. Yeah. But there is a difference sometimes between playing between being a pass rusher and being a receiver, like a lot is required of you as a receiver. And I remember talking to somebody at ASU who, uh, you know, I think part of this is like I, I when I saw uh, th- this come up the other day, the first thing I thought of was John Lynch and Herm Edwards know each other really well, which worked in Brandon Ayuk's favor. I don't, from what I've heard, that does not work in Nikhil Harry's favor. There are people around Arizona State that when he got drafted by the Patriots thought that was a bad fit because of you know what's required of you as an offensive player and a receiver to play for the Patriots. And you know, I tend to think that Niners that good fits in New England would be good fits in San Francisco and good fits bad fits would be bad fits because a lot's required of you to play for Kyle offensively. Look at look at Ayuk last year how, you know, they were buttheads a little bit on effort and stuff that most of us thought like Jesus, this is kind of crazy. But clearly they ask Ayuk to do a lot, right? And he yeah. and he is he does it. He does it pretty Locks. well, I'd say. Yeah. So um, I don't think it's a fit. But again, what are we talking about here? A six, like a, a a free agent flyer in camp? Fine. I mean, it's. I mean, they had uh, what's his name? Um, big guy that the Bears draft, Kevin White, on the roster last year. So, but, but sure. again, zero money. Like to me, uh, I would expect now eh, one point five is not nothing. Maybe gets traded for a seventh round pick. 
I, th- I think that's his value. If he's by the way, that. I wouldn't trade a seventh or sixth round pick for him. Like I said, duh. Juwan Jennings was a seventh round pick. So I, yeah. no, I'm not. You just show me you can use those picks. I, to me, he if he gets traded, I I'd be shocked if he goes to the Niners. But there, there are enough teams that just like if you're the Colts or just some of these teams that like you just need some more reinforcement. Like wide receiver is not an issue for the 49ers, right? <laughs> it's just. Right now, it's a position of strength. Well, I know, <clears throat> I know, Jake Juan. I know Ray Ray McLeod is going to play special teams, right? Yeah. Which was also something. Remember, that was the other thing. This guy was a punt returner in college. I could see them drafting to like a speed guy, you know, in like the fifth, sixth round. Yeah, or maybe the seventh. I mean, it's like again, they. Yeah. This kind of seems like a thing they do well now, right? Yeah. So this is this this is not an option. Uh, do you think DK? Like, are we going to wake up one day? DK Metcalf got traded. Like I said earlier on the pod, I, I just think the goal of a general manager is to draft guys like DK and then keep them in their prime. And while he eats Skittles and Starbucks and Star uh, Starbursts, probably a little too many. And Starbucks. And Starbucks, yeah. He goes Starbucks and then he goes Starbursts. Isn't the whole point of like, for a team that gets shit on for their drafting, that's easily their best pick in the last several years, right? 29 touchdowns, second round wide receiver. He was the last pick, too, of A.J. Brown and Debo. He was literally the last of... We talk so much about the three wide receivers. Got just, he was the last of the group. And he's been... He scored the most points of the group. Now, he's got some flaws, but... I don't know, man. Isn't the point to keep good players? Yeah, I do think... Once you're willing to trade Russell Wilson, I'm kind of open-minded that you at least will but listen Russell on was everything. there a decade. Well, I understand, but... They said the same thing about Russ. They said about DK, which is uh, we have no intention of trading him at this time. You know, what could you get for – to me, it's as simple as, is Drew Locke about to take you to the playoffs? Do you think he's going to take you to the playoffs next year? Are you close to finding a quarterback? If not, are you doing a full reset and need to capitalize on value? Like, is DK going to be on your what's team? What's his value on the open market? It's a good question. I mean, if he becomes – if you said right now, DK, you can trade for DK Metcalf. Would you get a one and a two? It feels like you get somewhere in the middle of what the two teams got. Because looking back, you'd go, it doesn't feel quite like the Packers got enough, right? He's one of the best players in franchise history in the peak of his powers. And then Tyreek went for dramatically more because they got multiple force as well as the one and the two. Now, you would say the Raiders, who traded the Dolphins, they traded pick 29. So pick 22 is you know seven spots ahead of 29. That's a big deal. But I feel like you get a one, a two, and maybe a following year's third or something. Like you get you to me, you get more than a one and a two. He scored twenty nine touchdowns in three years, and he's you know I, I, Tyreek feels like the fastest player, but just in a race. I mean, DK is probably one of the fastest players in the NFL, and he's enormous. And it feels like he's almost been under. Like there's a little more. Someone could maybe a different situation would get a little more out of him, right? Does feel too. There's a huge stardom factor. Like if you're the Jets and you got DK Metcalf, that's I'm a little more fired up for my season tickets, aren't I? Right. Yes. So I think the Jets would give. If you're the Jets right now, would you give pick? Obviously, pick ten. Just like pick ten, like my top ten pick this year, and next year's two. Yeah, I mean, their two receivers might go by the time they dra- if they want a receiver, the two best receivers might be off the board by the time ten rolls around. Now they also have four, right? 
Yeah, I mean, one of the problems is the DK is gonna he's gonna need to pay him, so you gotta right. give up that pick. Like, it's a get, problem get, until I mean, it's a problem if you can't afford him, but it's not a problem because he's one of the best receivers in the league. Yeah, I I would not trade him if I was Seattle. I I I wonder with them. I don't really know what they're up to. They don't seem like they have a clear plan. You and I watched their big press conference after they traded Rusty the other day and are a little concerned about them. Do you think the Jets would give their second first round pick for him? Uh, yeah, I mean, Howie Roseman School of uh, GMing. Yeah, I think they would. Do you know what I saw on the ticker today? Hmm. And this feels like an NFL record. Eight teams, eight, have multiple first-round picks this year. Is that just insane? New Orleans has two. The Jets have two. The Giants have two. Eagles have two. Eagles have two. Chiefs have two. Chiefs. Chiefs have two back to back. Packers have two. What's the other Packers pick? Uh, they have oh the their Raiders pick, pick and then the Raiders pick. That's the, six. The Detroit Lions have two. There's and Stafford. Oh, thirty-two. Okay. Does Houston so that's have seven? Two? Houston has two. Houston and has Houston a Cleveland. Has that has to that has to be a record, right? <laughs> that's going into the draft, maybe with trades, but that's. In so who's taking the April? first round off? The Niners are taking the first round off. The Rams are taking the first round off. The Raiders are taking the first round off. The Browns are taking the first round off. Yep. Uh, uh, Seattle is back. Seattle's back in, which is unusual for them. The, oh, so the Denver's taking the first round off. Denver's taking the first round off. Indy's taking the first round off. Indy's taking the first round off. <laughs> That's incredible. We missing anybody? Doesn't that feel like a lot? Feels like a ton. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it doesn't. Is there somebody else? Let me see. One, blah, blah, blah. My, I think is Miami taking the first round. Say what you want. It? Like whether you know, like if your team picks at like 23 and they pick some random guy you don't know much. At least you have a first round pick. There are going to be a ton of teams this year. Like we don't even have a player after that first night. I mean, just <laughs> nothing no. to sell at the draft party. <laughs> now it's easier. Like. My whenever we traded for D'Amico, I remember how he put up like we didn't have a fourth round pick, and he put up D'Amico's name. So like, if you were the Raiders, you would just to me, who do we draft? I'd put Devontae's magnet. <laughs> you know, if I'm the Denver Broncos, I'm putting Russell Wilson's magnet. Like, where's our first round pick? Russell oh, Wilson. Oh, I got you, know? you. I like that. Who's our first round pick? Devontae Adams. <laughs> you know, who? If I'm the Dolphins, where uh, Tyreek Hill? That's where it's easier. Like, okay, well. We traded the what the whatever the Jets are drafting ten or eleven, DK Metcalf. You have to say the name; it feels better. Trey Lance. Yeah, it's like a easier twenty nine. Like who are you really getting at twenty nine? Makes it easier to stomach twenty nine, not like fourteen. Yeah, I'd say fourteen would be a problem. Yes, I mean in the long run, making a deep playoff run. I'd say 14 would have been a problem because, like, would the Dolphins have traded pick 14 for Tyreek Hill? Right. Or 15? Yeah, just like a pick in the middle of the teens instead of pick 20. Like To me, it's way easier. Like, I'll give you 29 for Tyreek Hill, whatever. It's like, what if it's 14 or 16? You're like, well, could we get Chris Olave right there? Yeah. Chicago does not have a first-round pick. Bears don't have a first. Yeah, Bears are out. (sighs) Chris Olave, I mean, it seems like 
Well, I saw another mock today. Drake London gone in the first round, allegedly. Over I mean, in the top 10, sorry. Before Alave. Yep. Garrett Wilson goes first, then Drake. I, I think we saw it with Tyree Kill. And again, maybe it's Mike who knows he can use him in the backfield, but they drafted Waddle last year in the sixth, or I mean, six overall. The NFL is such a spread game now. I'm a Drake London fan. I do just think a lot of these GMs would lean. Like, Alave is an elite player, too. Like, wouldn't you just lean with the guy that runs 4-3? And you go, well, if this guy does hit, no one's going to be able to cover him. Like, ultimately, Waddle year one had 90 catches, right? Because he can fucking fly. I just wonder if, like, is Chris Olave when the dust settles, going to be the first wide receiver off the board? We've seen it happen now a couple times. Like, everyone, Jerry Judy, C.D. Lett, Henry Ruggs, you know? Yeah. It's like, how fast is Olave? 4-3 flat? Uh, the thing is that people are talking about Garrett Wilson going, like, top six. So, Olave's would have to really, you know, he'd have to go really high. Yeah, I, I just, I, I guess I will not be shocked if Olave is the first wide receiver off the board. Just because it's so easy in a draft room to be like, Assume I don't know if I'm going to assume he's a good guy or whatever. Let's say the character and everything's there. You're like, hey, guys, this is the fastest guy in this draft class by a pretty wide margin of all the good wide receivers. Yeah. And Garrett Wilson, I'm pretty sure, is like a – now he's a great player, but I don't think he's Mr. Hall and Ass guy. I know I want, he ran fast at the combine, but I hmm. don't think he's viewed as like a blazer. Hmm. The irony is their most productive receivers back at school. Ojibigi Yudo? How do you say his name? Jackson Smith and Jigba. That guy's sweet. <laughs> Remember, it was like, how's Ohio State going to play in the Rose Bowl? This guy's sitting out. This guy's sitting out. Didn't that guy have 350 yards? Receiving? Yeah, like 14 <laughs> catches. I think Utah wins that game if their quarterback doesn't get KO'd. Maybe. I mean, they had they still they, they didn't have the lead when that happened, did they? No, but they were driving. I think they were down like four. But the backup led him on a scoring drive. Also, That's true. Ohio State was coming back fast and furious, I remember. Felt like Utah was running out of bullets. He had 15 for 347, three touchdowns. Against a really good defense, who was trying. Like, that His, was their Super Bowl. Jackson Smith and Jigba's last five games. So he had that. Then he had 11 for 127 against Michigan before that. He had 10 for 105 against Michigan State. He had 9 for 139 against Purdue and 15 for 240 against Nebraska. My favorite part of that game is like when Wilson and Alavi sat out and everyone was going back and forth and Chris and Herb Street said something and everyone freaked out. It was like when they really talked about the football parts, like who is going to fill their void beside Jackson? It's like, oh, yeah, this uh, true freshman. His father is named Marvin Harrison. His name is Marvin Harrison Jr. And then he made catches in that game. You're like, yeah, Ohio State is going to be fine. <laughs> and I remember were. he had a sweet touchdown in the corners. Like, yeah, this guy's pretty good. Yeah, he did. Hey, before we go any further, let's tell the people about our friends at Sleep Number. Sleepnumber.com slash ham right now. Check out the special offers for a limited time at your local Sleep Number store. Or go to sleepnumber.com slash ham you know the key guy to mm. sleeping what is i got some tips for you okay people who are sleep deprived tend to consume we both need to listen to this more calories per day than well-rested folks Ooh. so if you just eat a little bit less you actually sleep better less burnout people who get at least eight hours of sleep every night have better reflexes improved fine motor skills 
and extended endurance. So you just have more endurance, more energy, your brain, your pistons up here are firing. You're going to be more productive in life. You're going to be kinder to your family. It's just your whole life is improved the more sleep you get. And that's what happens when you go to sleepnumber.com slash hammer to the local sleep number store. Here's a little uh, Haberman tip for you. After dinner, brush and floss. Because I hate brushing and flossing. And I know there I, there's not much I'm willing to eat if it means I'm going to have to brush and floss again. So it's a way to put up like a uh, – it's like putting a an invisible electric fence around your kitchen. Yeah. It's like prevent defense. It's, it's just know thyself. It's, it's called self-scouting, okay? And fewer cravings, yes, better sleep, eat less, and then you build better habits. So um, I would say that's, a, that's one tip. 100 more hours of proven quality sleep based on internal uh, analysis of sleep slash sessions. That's what people get. Okay, if you routinely use the three, the sleep number 360 smart bed, I had some afternoon caffeine now with my tongue's moving too fast. But sleepers who routinely use their sleep number 360 smart bed features get almost 100 hours more of proven quality sleep per year. So whatever you're on, whether you're like John, you like the bed a little softer, sleep number Ugh. 40, like me, you want a little more firm, sleep number 55. Ugh. However you like it, sleepnumber.com slash ham. So discover special offers now for a limited time. At your local Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com slash ham. Sleep Number, proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. Mm. Mm. Can I tell you about my friends? Very, very good friends. And mainly because I've been using this app for a long time. Game time. They are the best ticket app I've ever used. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. You want to go to a concert? You want to go watch Steph Curry? and Clay Thompson and Draymond make a little playoff run, well, that's where you use Game Time. You just download the app on your smartphone, and you can search any event, concerts, comedy shows, games, pro and college. Search by price point or search by where you want to sit at the venue. It gives you sightline on the app, and uh, it's really easy. Buying tickets in seconds with like two taps. I cannot recommend it enough. And here's what we're doing for you. When you use the promo code HAM, H-A-M, you save $20 off at checkout. That's promo code HAM at checkout and save $20 to any event. Download the GameTime app now. Tacovas, oh yeah. I was just looking at some pictures of a concert Luke Bryan, my wife and I went to, I don't know, 10 years ago. She had some old cowboy boots on. This is a couple weeks ago, and I said, you, you need some new boots because we're going to see Luke Combs. So she went to tecovas.com, and they're just perfect. She loves them. You can do the same. You go to tecovas.com. These boots are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, handmade down in the boot capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. If you've ever wondered, can I pull off cowboy boots? Then you should pull on a pair of Tecovas, and you'll see they'll become your new favorite footwear. Cowboys knew what they were doing when they invented Western wear. And it's all kinds of Western staples. Trucker jackets, the perfect jeans to go with your boots, performance pearl snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas, you name it. They'll get you outfitted. If you can't make it to a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality, most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. 
you've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Mm. Yeah. How about the numbers? We talked about this on the, we did a Monday YouTube only show. Bobby Wagner's money at that time was effectively $17.5 million is what Rap Sheet said. We have updates now on the total combined cap hit between Allen Robinson and Bobby Wagner. Uh, yeah, I think it's I, uh, forty-seven million dollars in year one. Is that right? Yeah, it's crazy. It's just people just are not understanding how the Rams feel like they have a payroll of seven hundred seventy-eight million dollars. Well, it turns out, guy, when you add Allen Robinson, who they gave you know a three-year, multi-year contract and a bunch of money, according to Rap Sheet. And then Bobby Wagner, according to everyone except Pro Football Talk, him and Richard Sherman, I don't know if you noticed, were screaming at Florio. They were going back and forth. And Florio dropped, are we doing this again? And then Richard's like, yes, we are. And then they were just screamed at each other, which is actually I was pretty entertained by. (laughs) But uh, the cap hit of Allen Robinson and Bobby Wagner, so basically their number two wide receiver and now star middle linebacker, is a combined guy, a combined lower number than what Trey Lance will be this year at $6.8 million. Six point eight million. They're less than a second-year rookie, a second-year quarterback. So when we talk about how do people manipulate the cap, it's pretty easy. It's really why they make fake contracts as four or five years because I can spread it out over the life of the deal. And when I don't give you that much guaranteed, like the reason Matt Ryan's dead cap is so much because he got like a hundred million dollars the moment he signed his contract three years ago. So even if you spread that out over five years, still a lot of cash to spread out. And you're definitely going to spread it out over the last three and four years. With this one, it's actually not very hard because they're not making as much money as you think. But $6.8 million guy this year is pretty jarring when you say it out loud. The cap's $208 million. That's remarkable. It's part of what happens, I think, when you, uh, you know, big names right the the guys that everyone it's uh like old school baseball gming these are the guys that get a lot of money in old school baseball general managing right guys yeah. like bobby wagner guys like Allen robinson um be like Pujols like, and kershaw yeah exactly like charvarius ward is like new school nf uh major league yeah. baseball gming right so by the way did you have you seen that video the number on that video the we did a scouts scouts take on charvarius ward 75,000? I don't know. Nah, 22,000. <laughs> I happened to peek at it. It popped up in my feed today. I was like, oh, what's this video? It's doing well. Oh, it's our video. Hey, John Lynch, you want to sign Honey Badger? I think that would get some views. Yeah, let's do a scout's take on Cincinnati receiver Alec <laughs> Pierce. <laughs> I promise you it would do views. So, um, But if the Cowboys draft him, we should do that video. I only looked him up because somebody on the stream said uh, Alec Pierce, fastest white guy in the draft, which... I don't think there's an award for that. 
you get like the, the there's probably an award for like the highest drafted Jewish player. There's probably some Jewish foundation that gives that kind of award, but I don't know about fastest white guy. Well, it just means you get drafted by the Patriots. Oh, <laughs> good call. So, uh, yeah, anyway, I, I think those things tend to happen when they're, you know, high profile players. Their value gets overestimated. You know, it's weird. Like we're at the point now. I mean, we're a couple weeks away from the draft. It's kind of crazy, right? Last year at this time was incredible for us. I mean, the lead up to Trey Lance for this year, you know, just because there and the markets are like this with no. The Jimmy Garoppolo's $27 million is still on the roster. Like he's still around and going, it feels like nowhere fast, which is not nothing. Like it's kind of crazy when you really kind of take a step back and realize like Jimmy Garoppolo is not only not gone, he just doesn't have anywhere to go. Right. I mean, ba- Baker Mayfield's somewhat in the same. Like, where's Baker Mayfield going? Think how fast Matt Ryan went from like, no one's even thinking about Matt Ryan to like, Falcons are sniffing around Watson. Matt Ryan could be had to trade it in like four days. Even I watched him talk. He's like, you know, it happened fast. I was on a Zoom meeting like two days after I get called with Chris Ballard and Frank, and then I'm traded the next day. You know, just boom. Like Watson is really taking meetings. Every team's lined up to meet with him, right? Carson Wentz is available. Boom. The football team trades for him. Like you would say for the most part, quarterback movement happens like, wait, this guy's really available? Because even like, let's say DK is available. I think teams would do their due. It, w- it might take a minute. Like, okay, we really got to, how much is it going to cost? What's the trade compensation? Like, once you want a quarterback, like the Panthers, the Saints, like they were lined up ready to get him, right? Deshaun Watson. Boom. Matt Ryan, Chris Ballard, locked and loaded. The football team just like realized this might be our best option. We'll give you three, three, or two threes, which everyone's like, damn, that's a lot. But really, they just needed to get the quarterback. Yeah. And then move on with their lives. So it's just like Baker and Jimmy, who feel like they're in kind of different scenarios. But I would say both in a in a weird, different way. Baker's got a personality issue that I think... Like, if, if Baker was talked about like Jimmy, like, just great guy, they just they wanted their own guy, they had the chance to get Deshaun Watson, but they love him, it was one of those scenarios, he's probably traded by now, right? If he was just beloved in the If Baker room. is beloved like Jimmy, I think he's probably on the Seahawks. Yeah. Do you think if he's beloved, but had played like he played, but had the good year two years ago, that they do this deal for Watson? They may not. Now, they would still probably be in the same position of knowing they need to find a way to upgrade and not wanting to pay their quarterback, right? Like, they are an analytic off uh, front office. Like, you know, many are. But they would just be looking at it like, even though we love them, what we're going to have to pay them to be our starting quarterback is not worth the production. So I do think they might still end up with Deshaun. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, if you view Deshaun Deshaun as a top five or six player, you just do it. Maybe they would have been a little less aggressive with the cash. Like, just been had more leverage on their side, be less desperate. Because ultimately, I think the Saints and Carolina were just like, drew a line in the sand. They drew no line in the sand. Like, what do you want? You want more? We'll give you more. If you're not desperate, you don't do. Like, last year, let's face it, were the Niners a little desperate when they made the move? (laughs) Multiple first-rounders and a pick swap? Like, that's... Yes, they were. I think they saw the future with Jimmy. I think they saw this quarterback class. I think they saw no path. They, I I don't want to say they were emotional, but after losing out on Matthew Stafford, 
they finally saw the opportunity to take their future into their own hands, right? Take a little bit of control. They were out. The Stafford situation was they were not in control of that situation at all, and they lost. When they were interested in Watson, then he got in trouble and they were out, so that kind of threw them off. So I think they were ready to make a move and just didn't have a move to make, and then they had that move to make. And, you know, we could debate whether they talked themselves into – however it worked out. Like, they put their stake in the ground for that guy. That's the guy they got to be all in on now. Yeah. Whether it was Max Tape that forced them to make the trade, they they didn't end up getting them. So that's all that really matters. Yeah. Yep. I can't – Kyle's Max Tape got deleted from the database. But this is where I do think it's fair to be aggressive on the criticism of, like, you could have paid – Chandler Jones, $35 million and manipulated the cap the first couple of years. Like you just chose not to like they, they made, they made decisions. Right. And we're going to find out this upcoming year, especially they made decisions when this team, and you, you talk about this a lot of like, that is ultimately now who they're compared to. Like that is kind of the rival. And that's the team that got over the hump and won the Super Bowl. I mean, their coaches are connected at the hip, right? Just, it's hard to say Kyle Shanahan without saying McVay. It's hard to say McVay without saying Kyle Shanahan. They're all kind of like two peas in a pod. And one guy has a ring and one guy doesn't. And they kind of operate a little bit differently, even though they sim- they they like similar players. Like Kyle would love Cooper Cup. You know, Sean McVay Wanted would Stafford. love Elijah Mitchell. They would love Nick Bosa, like Aaron Donald, like obviously Matt Stafford. They have similar views, I think, on players. Like Bobby Wagner and the Niners like him too. They just, They don't need linebackers. But ultimately, they approach this shit a little bit differently, and it's not like well, it's not like the Niners have a first round pick either. So you know, you're going to have to put emphasis on later round picks. You know, you're going to have to. I would say for Trey to be successful, because I I do think it's fair to say there's going to be a lot of urgency on them next year to make some moves and and pay some money for some guys. That there's going to be you know hit on a couple of these third, fourth, fifth round picks this year to just be some core like, can you find a safety, a corner, and a guard? to be starters for the next three years in this draft. Cause they, that's what got them over the hump to the Super Bowl, right? All of a sudden they had Fred Warner, George Kittle. It's like, boom, you had these cheap labor that were sweet players. Can you do that again? Cause last year you'd say Trey's a major question mark. Aaron Banks now play a snap. Uh, you know, the corners, who knows? You'd say by far, Elijah Mitchell feels like this guy's good. I know he can start on a playoff team. It's, it's the only guy. Even Hufunga, like, is Hufunga a starter? Or is he just, like, I give you credit because you drafted him in the third day. He's a player on game day. It's fine. But I, I he's not probably a starter. Elijah Mitchell's the only guy I know for a fact, like, good starter. Right now for a fact. Aaron right. Banks, we got no clue. And Trey Lance is just, who knows? I mean, 17 games, like, is he throwing 30 touchdowns? Is he throwing 20? I mean, we, yeah. all, we all have these hypotheticals, but... Now, and we know, that, know. we know the Niners' corners will be starting or playing for them a lot, right? The guys they drafted, specifically Ambry Thomas, is going to play. Yeah. You'd like imagine Lenore will get his shot, right? Just and play a little. Injuries happen. Well, there's no guarantee. Never mind. By the way, just uh, while we're talking, I just had to do a quick... Do you know how many uh, catches Tutu Atwell had this year? I feel like he was hurt. He was hurt. He only played in eight games. He had 10 catches. Yeah. How about Dwayne Eskridge? What, did he get hurt too? Yeah, it feels like he didn't do much. It feels like he missed the season. Played in 10 games, had 10 catches. 
Yes. So they, the two of them and who's for twenty? And who's the Cardinals guy? That guy was sweet, Rondale Moore. Rondale Moore, yeah. <laughs> so of the three, we spent a lot of time last year talking about all the fast guys that just came into the division. Each team got one. Felt like once one of them went, they all kind of got in on the act. I I knew guys that had Rondale Moore as like a first round talent. I think he had injuries in college. I don't know if he got in trouble or not. Don't want to paint the guy as a bad character guy, but I know for sure injuries. So I, I think people thought Rondale Moore was in a completely different world than those other two little guys. And you just and I think he went in the second round. But you watched Rondale Moore, you went, holy shit, this guy. But he went like Christian Kirk leave. He went in the forties. Then Dwayne Eskridge and and uh, Tutu went in the fifties. So. One out of three. One out of three is what hit in the division last year on that group. But you would say that... Which is right on Ron Wolf's uh, average. I could see Tutu having some moments this year. Yeah, I mean, it's it's 22. He's placed for that. Look, if if Kyle had drafted him and he had just had that year, you'd go, all right, I mean, maybe he'll figure it out this year. So I'm not writing him off. I'm just saying. Those were were guys that, um, you know, that we talked a lot about. Daniel says Eskridge had a bad concussion that lingered. That's not good. Seattle was a weird place last year. Honestly, it could be weird this year. <laughs> that was with Russ. Now, if you trade DK, all of a sudden, you know, Eskridge is catching bombs from Drew Locke. But the thing is, like, I saw Drew Locke. Everyone's like, well, the Broncos, they have these sweet wide receivers. Yeah, Drew Locke, we saw him at quarterback. It didn't really work. Now they're, they're acting like it's going to be sweet because of Russell. So if you put him now with DK, Lockett, Eskridge, and some of these other cats, aren't they going to be worse? Because everyone expects Judy and Sutton and Hamler's coming back off an injury to be awesome with Russell. Well, we Jamel saw him in the second half of the year when Drew Locke started after Teddy Two Yards got basically benched or knocked out. So I just don't expect them to be very good on offense. Thanks, Luis. It's a it's a good uh, logical argument you make there. Yeah, good. I think Luis. I think the argument for Locke is like finally an operation that believes in him is going to give him a chance. Didn't Elway draft him in the second round? Yeah, I don't quite understand, but I'm maybe um, Vic just hated him. Been in like heard, three years. I've heard maturity issues with the guy is uh, something that anytime that's a deal with a quarterback, in fairness to immature quarterbacks, the standards are really high. So even like, like for example, we haven't heard of specific examples with Baker beside like, you know, people think he's kind of douchey, weird, but never like, you know, he like... uh he kicks, he kicks the janitor in the leg when he walks by him. You know, just I don't even know. Whatever would be the ultimate scumbag move, like he refuses to look the cook in the eye in the lunchroom. You know, just like God, this guy's a bad guy. We can't really say anything besides, yeah, he just kind of rubs people the wrong way. I, I so I talk, I talked to someone a couple of weeks ago who knows someone in the Browns organization whose quote was basically, uh. I hated him the moment I met him, and it only got worse from there. But see, that's so a there's good exa- something about him, right? That's a you good example. Though. What did it's he say? Like, <laughs> wouldn't you want something tangible? But that is everyone says yes, that. Totally. He stole. He's parked in a handicapped spot and refused to apologize. Like, where's that story? Exactly. Like when a guy gets kicked, like Cam got kicked out of Florida. Like, why? Well, he stole a laptop. Then he turned around his life. Right? Did Baker? You know, it's like Baker stole Kevin Stefanski's stapler and his uh, binder. And he, you know, he refused to give it back. And his like, wife. Yeah, I, whatever. It's just, yeah, he's just kind of a douche. You could argue just kind of a douche is like a 
people just think poorly of you when that rumor gets out. So you said in fairness to quarterbacks, a lot's expected. I would say where I don't cut him any slack is if you're a high-level quarterback, a highly recruited quarterback, even a medium-recruited quarterback, you've been going to seven-on-seven camps, Elite 11 camps, college Peyton, the Manning Passing Academy. You've been a you know a, a counselor, like all these things. There are so many examples of how to just not be a douchebag as a quarterback and just be likable as a teammate that there is no excuse to not get it. Like I say all the time, if you're a bad interview, it, it it's like, you know, if, if you're like a high level guy, I don't, when I say bad, I don't mean quiet. Like some people just don't want to talk, whatever. That's fine. But if you can't figure out how to not be a D bag in an interview, that's on you. There are, you can watch hours and hours and hours and hours of YouTubes. You've seen a million people get interviewed. It's not that hard to figure out how not to be an idiot in an interview. And if you can't figure it out, that's on you. If you've been in the league three years and you're not mature at that position with all the Yogi Roth has given you five presentations on how not to act like an idiot and Trent Dilfer and all the 3D QB and you've oh, John Beck and like every, there are so many guys just trying to help you out. Do you remember Jordan when Palmer, Johnny? Man- I mean, you remember just- when Johnny Manziel got sent home from the Manning Academy? Yeah, like what? Did he oversleep or something like that? Well, you got did he go, did he get and Archie yeah. told him to leave. <laughs> that was, and they still drafted him. It was like Archie. Wait, this guy got yeah, he got sent home from the Manning Academy. It's the place that everyone goes, hangs out, everyone loves each other. He got sent home. And by the way, it's not like the Mannings are like uptight. You no, know, they, they Eli one of the nights he takes everyone out to go drinking. <laughs> Not it's a fun environment. Got drafted in the first round, not just got drafted. First round. But Baker will draft the number one overall. I know. But I, but to me, there's a difference between kind of immature coming out and been in the league three years and I now is immature. Yeah, I agree. Like a lot of even high-level guys, you know, that first year, Tyrod Taylor, Chad Henney, whatever, told me to study, right? Uh, what's his name? Patrick Mahomes. Alex Smith. I learned a lot from him. Now, was it just like I was mature when I showed up? I just had to learn how to do stuff? <laughs> or like he taught me how to be mature? I don't know. I've heard Leinert say he regrets a lot of just like he didn't understand what he didn't understand and then it was too late. And you listen to Matt talk, like he feels like a pretty put But he was guy. liked by his teammates. Yeah, he was well liked. No one said he was like a douche. It was just like he was kind of, I think one knock on him, lazy. For an, for NFL quarterback standards, yeah. I can see. I can understand. Like you have a ton of success, the work ethic, right? He had a ton of success in college. I can understand that stuff. That it, you don't quite understand how hard it. You know, if it comes easy to you, that that kind, that to me is different than just like not knowing how to fit in with your teammates. I, I, what, why that's the thing. It'd be one thing if like you know Baker just doesn't quite work hard enough. No one's even saying that. There's like yeah, these people don't like him. Uh, was there a Javon Kinlaw hype video? Like Kinlaw working out? Was there, was there a video? Coming. Uh, a lot more coming, too. Well, you were you had a big grin on your face before I put that up. Did you see something? No. no. I don't even know why I was grinning. Something about quarterbacks made you happy? Uh, by the way, hey, don't forget iTunes uh, podcast. Leave us a question there. Get in the mailbag. And, oh, he released it on his IG. Let's, let's do a quick. Uh, he was working out with. He was working out like D Ford was. That's not a good sign. 
Also, you put the DraftKings game in the uh, in the description. You can find that bad boy. Oh, right outside the facility. That's right by the. Uh... Oh, nice. Just some get offs. Then he's driving in his car. <laughs> Kinlaw, man. I don't blame him. I mean, what, what, there's nothing he can do to not kind of get me. No, I don't. Bl- yeah, I don't blame him either. So we got a uh, DraftKings game. Yeah, eighty-five open spots. Okay. Uh, right now, the way that works is first place. If the game fills to two hundred people at twenty bucks a person, is what it costs you to get in. First place is nine hundred dollars. Then it goes down to seven twenty, five forty, three sixty, two seventy. Top ten places make money. Tenth place makes one hundred and forty-four dollars. Uh, it's just going to be a great time. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we're not being paid to uh, promote DraftKings this week, but we love doing DraftKings for majors, so we're doing it. Uh, if uh, the game should resize, so those uh, the game in the past with DraftKings, if a game doesn't fill, then it gets canceled. This one will resize. It should. It's a new thing, I think. So um, those numbers could change, but right now it's still going to be pretty big. And um, oh, you think you think this is set no matter what? It'll I'm pretty off. sure that I think DraftKings has changed a few things. I, I gotcha. set this one to resize if for whatever reason it doesn't get the 200 people, but um, which would then affect the amount of money you win. But the game still goes, and it's over 100 people right now, so the money's still going to be pretty good. Um, but tell you this is the kind of thing that you send to your friends or your enemies. You go to the link. Uh, I don't think I have the link in the YouTube or the podcast, but I will put that in now. So you should be able to find it that way. Um, you can just click on it and enter the game. I'm going to put it in. Uh, I'm going to put it in the description right now. So I follow this uh, account. I started following it this week. It's called at TW Legion. It's basically just like a Tiger Woods fan account. Pretty good. Golf Channel announced that last night's primetime edition of Live From, just the, I mean, they do it every major, Live From Augusta, Live From the U.S. Open, whatever, is the most watched Live From ever in their history of doing it from the Masters in twenty in 25 plus years. Wow. I wonder what that means. <laughs> I mean, because they were, all, were they all, because all they did was just show Tiger, right? I think they mean like their show that comes on at like prime, you know, I think for us it's five or six. You know, for them it's eight o'clock Eastern. You know, just brand those guys sitting around the table talking Tiger Woods. Wow. Uh, okay, I'm not sure I can put it in the YouTube, but it will be if you're watching the YouTube, you can just click on the podcast link, and this podcast when it's up will also have the uh, the link in it. But you can also just go to our Twitter page or our Instagram; it's going to be there, so you can get in our our game. Uh, so you're saying this is the most anticipated Masters uh, ever? I think it's going to just be, I think these next 24 hours of just everyone sharing, you know, a tweet, a text, you know, I just think there's a lot of like, should we gamble on Tiger? I think that helps. Yeah. Right. Should we put 20, 50 bucks? Like, what are Tiger's odds? When you go, they're 50 to one. You're like, wait, $20 wins me, 20, you know, 1800 bucks, or I don't even know the math, but... I put it's pretty easy to put twenty five dollars on the guy twenty five times, maybe I got him forty eight to one. It's twelve hundred dollars. It's just like, what if he wins it? There, there are worse, uh, worse things to invest in than Tiger Woods at a major, at this major of all majors. So let's let's do it. All right, hey everybody, thanks for hanging with us. Always good to see you, whether it be on YouTube or on podcast. We appreciate you. Go dogs.
After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every day, we rise. Challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call working together to keep our country and community safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.